It's funny how people and families develop odd Christmas traditions. <clears throat> Secret Santa. Hmm? There are some families who there is a particular Christmas cookie that they have to make every year. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about. And for me, there's particular cookies I really like to eat every year. So, uh, Christmas sweaters. Okay. The tradition of who puts the star on top of the tree. What we eat on Christmas Eve. I have some very close family friends, and the only meal they will eat on Christmas Eve is menudo. That's it. Gotta love it. Second grade, my grandmother traditions. I think it's a tradition for grandmothers to give clothing to their grandchildren. My grandmother in second grade gave me a striped sweater. It was red and white striped, very thin stripes, like this, and it had a fuzzy bear right on the front. And I remember opening this box, and I was horrified. Like, Grandma, I'm not going to wear that. I'm going to get pounded if I wear that thing. I never did wear the sweater, but do you know what I'm talking about? Has anyone ever received a particular piece of clothing where you're like, oh boy. Uh. So this morning we're going to look at the Emmanuel of Jesus Christ. Not the tradition of God, or the God who once came here. We're going to look at the God who is here. And that starts in Matthew 1, 18-25. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and she gave him the name Jesus. What an interesting name, Emmanuel. There's three times that name is used in the Bible. And every time it is specifically to explain that God is with us. That is Hebrew for God with us. It's common for us to think, when we think of God, first thing that comes to mind for me would be the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. So naturally, when we think of God, we think of God almost far away or distant, unreachable. And we, we develop this unintentional mindset of God far away. And that has a huge impact on how we look at life day to day, how we see Jesus day to day. It has a huge impact on how we think because God is distant. It has a huge impact on how we view forgiveness and grace and even God's plan for us. That it's almost this unreachable thing because God's far away. And this is what I love about the Christmas season. We have this constant reminder 
that Jesus came as a baby. That He came as Emmanuel to be God with us. And Jesus even said that in Matthew 28.20. He said, As surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And I love the New Living Translation because it says, Be assured of this. I am with you always. So here we have these powerful scriptures that explain that God is with us all the time. But why the name Emmanuel? Why is that so important? We're going to look at that really quick. Number one is this. Emmanuel is a promise to you and me. It's a promise. Uh, I remember when our our first kid was born. And uh, we got to the hospital at 9. And it was all said and done by 9.43. It was like... And so when we had our next three kids, we got to the hospital. And... uh, I, I, I knew it was going to happen fast. I looked at the receptionist and I said, you better get her in a room because this is going to happen quick. <laughs> so they expedited stuff. But anyways, we get to the hospital and uh, uh, everything's happening. There's a baby coming out and I'm trying to take it all in. And our midwife looks at me and she goes, hey, why don't you help out? Jump in here. And I'm like, I'm terrified. I was a young guy. I'm like, I'm not a doctor doctor and so I get in there and I actually get to help deliver our first kiddo and cut Denali's umbilical cord and help the midwife takes her and they put her on Sarah's chest and I'm just standing there in awe of the entire experience it was this incredible thing I'm going to come back to that story in just a minute but I want to read Isaiah 7 really quick might even have it up on the screen here if not I'll I'll beat Matthew Patrick to it. Ah, <laughs> oh, he won. I'm there. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Going back to the story. Ah, uh, in my opinion... The moment directly after childbirth is one of the most magical, powerful moments you experience in life, in my opinion. I remember when it was all over, looking at Sarah going, wow, let's do that again. And she was like, no, let's take some time. So we did. But I just remember being so proud of my wife. I was, it was incredible. I remember seeing this little baby and I was just in complete awe. Like, wow. And I remember being completely terrified. I all of a sudden was responsible for this little baby. What, what if I mess it up? What if I ruin things? What if, what if I make a mistake? In my opinion, the moment after childbirth is incredible. And look at what Isaiah is writing right here. He says that she will look at the baby who has been born and recognize him for who he is and she will call him Emmanuel. God with us. I'm having cord difficulties here. So this baby, born to Mary, in a stable, was the fulfillment of a promise that he alone is the Savior of the world. It was a promise that God keeps 
every promise he makes. And sometimes that's exactly what we need. We need reminded that God has promised us Emmanuel, that God has promised us that he will always be with us. Look at some of the promises about Jesus. In Isaiah 7, he's the promised child to Ahaz. In Isaiah 9, he's the promised ruler. In in Genesis 3, he's the promised conqueror. In Daniel 9, he's the promised Messiah. In Genesis 22, he's the promised Lamb. In Isaiah 53, he's the promised Savior to the world. The other thing that Emmanuel is, is Emmanuel is a person. Real. And there's something really important about that. But first, growing up as a child, uh, before my parents separated, most families leave Santa Claus milk and cookies. We left Santa Claus a sliced summer sausage and a six-pack of Coors. And going to school, you learn about Santa Claus and this and that. And we thought, well, Dad, shouldn't we leave Santa Claus milk and cookies? My dad was like, no. He gets tired of milk and cookies. As a kid, I thought, well, that's actually kind of rational. Makes sense. Hey, Dad. If he gets tired of milk and cookies, maybe next year we should leave him soy milk and kale chips. It's a terrible idea. Now, without giving anything away, Emmanuel is not a tradition. It's not a song that we sing. It's not a a, a Christian ideology. A lot of times, Jesus has taught about and, and, and taught to people and, and even to kids that, that he's some sort of mythological carryover from the past. Emmanuel is a person, a living, breathing person. And he was born and he walked on this planet. Thank God Emmanuel is a person. Consider this. Um, the Muslim belief, and they believe that Jesus is was a, a, a real person, that he was a prophet. They, there's no doubt about it. But they would believe that God would not want to become a man. Why would he do that? That's way below him. Jewish belief is that God doesn't need to become a man. It's taken care of in the law. And the law, you and I could never live up to. Jesus himself said that he would become a man. That he would become the Lamb of God for the sins of the world. So all people, no matter what their beliefs were, no matter what their past was, whether they're Muslim or Jewish or atheist or Buddhist or French Canadian, would have salvation through faith in Jesus. All people would have faith and salvation in him. What a wonderful, perplexing paradox that is. That he would become a man so that He could die for the sins of all of us. That's a paradox. Isaiah, I'm sorry, Genesis 22, you remember um, God told Abraham, He said, Abraham, your children will be more than the sands of the sea. And Abraham was like, okay, I, I trust you, Lord. But then God did something strange. He said, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your firstborn son to me. And Abraham didn't understand it, but he said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you in faith. And I'm going to do this. So he, he grabbed Isaac, his son, and, and, and they went on this journey to go do this thing. And on their way, and I, in verse 7, Genesis 22, it says, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, 
Abraham, Father. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Jesus is the lamb. Emmanuel, God provided the, the offering, the lamb for the offering. Look at Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Thank you, God, that Emmanuel is a person. That God with us is genuinely real. Because He was the Lamb provided for the sacrifice needed to atone for us. Best of all and last of all, Emmanuel is a present. A present for you, for me, a present for the entire world, past and present. John 1. I'm going to beat Patrick this time. I'm going to read it out of the Bible anyways. It says, He was in the world, and though the world was made through Him, the world did not recognize Him. He came to that which was His own, but His own did not receive Him. Yet to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Emmanuel, God with us, is a present to you and I, that you and I could be born as children of God. That we could share in this eternal inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, This week, this guy who works for us grabs me right before we go in for our morning meeting. He's 6'2", and he's huge, ripped, covered in tattoos, and he has this intense look on his face all the time like he's getting ready to go into a, a gladiator fight. He's just very serious. I look at him all the time. I'm like, Paul, calm down. I am calm, Jake. Okay, just checking. He's just very intense. Well, he comes up to me and he's like, hey, man, hey, can I ask you a favor? I'm like, sure, what's up? Hey, do you still have some connections on where I could get some fingerprints done? (sighs) Yeah, we'll just go down to the police department. Do you mind if I ask why? Yeah, uh... My uh, great big guy, my sister-in-law, she's been in a really bad way for about two years, and uh, she lost her, her, my nephew. He's been in foster care, and uh, social work was at our house this weekend, and he's kind of nervous. He doesn't even want to talk to me about this whole thing. He, he's in foster care. The social worker came to our house Saturday, and uh, he looked at our house. We're going to be able to adopt him, but I've got to do the background check, and I've got to do all that stuff, and and I want to make sure my nephew's in our house before Christmas. And I was just like, yeah, Emmanuel, God with us. That is awesome. He's going to make sure that that kid grows up in an awesome home, that he's going to be in that house. He's going to wake up in that home Christmas morning. Emmanuel, God with us. When we hear news that might change our life forever, good or bad, Emmanuel, God with us. When we're faced with a daunting hurdle in life, 
Emmanuel, God with us. When there seems like there is no hope, Emmanuel, God with us. When everything seems like it's fallen apart, Emmanuel, God with us. And consider this, when something extraordinarily great happens, or something simply wonderful, Emmanuel, God with us. When you share a moment together with your family or your friends, Emmanuel, God with us. When everything comes together just right, Emmanuel, God with us. When your church family comes together, Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas isn't just a thing that's going to happen in a couple of days. It's always, it's every day, because it's Emmanuel, God with us. God's present to you and I, that we could walk in that grace and love every single day. My hope for each one of us today is that as we leave here, we would think of that thing or that place in our life where we need God the Father to adopt us. That area in our life that we need fostered by God Almighty. That place in our life where we need that new start, that new hope. And maybe if we've kind of been on the fence a little bit with our relationship with God, maybe it starts fresh this Christmas season. Maybe we don't really even know who Jesus Christ is. When you leave here today, you really consider it and evaluate it. And let Emmanuel, God with us, be a part of who you are. When I was uh, 18, last little story, uh, we started this uh, Monday morning, we called, it, we called it Bible Club. It was really cool. I got to, uh, at 6 a.m., me and a bunch of high school students would meet together at the church and I'd whip up pancakes or French toast and I'd give some kind of little message that, you know, I, I, I had and then, then we'd all get together and, and we'd pray. And it'd be about an hour long, not the whole thing. And we had a handful of adults that came to every single one the entire year that we did it. And one year, we're praying and we're like, you know what, we feel like we're supposed to pray for people who are suicidal right now. Because sometimes Christmas is a really hard time for people. So we started praying for you know, anyone that might be suicidal or hurting or crushed. That night, Christmas Eve, my father told me the next day, a very close family friend called him, had a gun to his head, and he was going to end it all. My dad spoke with him. Kind of got him thinking right again. This guy, Spencer, started coming to church. And uh, quit drinking. Got his life really put together right. And uh, actually got to, I actually got to do his wedding. He got remarried. He'd lost his wife and his kids. Gets remarried and uh, had an accident several years ago and he passed away. But you know what I love? I love that he found Jesus and all the turmoil that he had in his life. I love that Emmanuel was with him when he finally decided to, to look for that. I love that. I love that our silly little 
prayer group called Bible Club, prayed for him, and it worked. That's my prayer for all of us today. That we'll see Emmanuel, God with us, in the simplest and biggest ways. We're going to close with this hymn, but let's, uh, let's say a prayer real quick. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you that you came humbly so that each one of us could know you and walk with you and experience you in our lives. We thank you for this Christmas season and what it means. And we ask, Lord, that as as we're going through it, if there's anyone who's hurting or suffering or just needs more of you, we pray that you would be Emmanuel, God, with them that you would be with all of us indeed. In Jesus' name, amen.